Welcome back to the Crossover Podcast, the show where you get comics and you get sports. And today we're going to be doing a little bit of comic and nerd-related stuff today as I've got my buddy Kevin Miller here. How's it going, Kevin? Not too bad, not too bad. How are you? Not bad. I'm doing pretty good. Um, getting a couple complaints over the, the Twitter and whatnot about where we haven't been what? doing enough comic book stuff since uh, football started, which is going to happen, man. It's that yeah. time of year. It's almost October. Football's starting in, in NHL's training camps and NBA's getting together. I mean... Yeah, we're eagerly awaiting a new season of everything, too. So exactly. I mean, right? We're in the same boat you are. I wish we could do more episodes. Yeah, I know, I know. Gotham starts tomorrow. We'll have Gotham to talk about. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not go crazy. Oh, Gotham. What are you going to do? Man, that, I, I mean... Any port in a storm, eh? <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, we get Gotham, which will tied us over until we get back to flash and arrow and legends of tomorrow and that supergirl show is coming up looks like it's going to be uh at, 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 at like i don't know how good it's going to be but at the very least I'll, I'm, I'll go out on a, on a limb and say that the supergirl show will probably be better than gotham so far yeah call me crazy um but yeah like we can get a couple of plays but i mean like like i said it's 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 all the sports stuff is starting up and we got our weekly football picks and stuff to do and 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 we're coming up on like Star Wars is coming up soon. There's going to be tons of nerd stuff. We're yeah doing and, and uh, just as a silver lining, if we're getting complaints, that means that we have more than zero listeners. That's so. also true. That's also true. <laughs> calling it a win as a silver lining. I got my first internet troll the other day. That was fun. That was oh, a fun boy. moment for me. Um, so I guess since we were just right. <laughs> since we were just talking uh, DC shows, I'm going to ask you if you're caught up on the CW Seeds Vixen episodes. We're up to four episodes now. I am, yeah. That show just keeps... It, it keeps pulling me in. Little five-minute tastes are just not enough for me. <laughs> no, it is so brutal. Because it is so effing good. And DC, for, for what they necessarily can't do on the big screen, although I'm getting really excited for the Batman-Superman movie, but that's another plot altogether. But, like... As for much as they, they, they've kind of gacked it for the most part on the big screen, on the small screen and in animation, they are they cannot be touched. They are fantastic. Oh, and sure. this Vixen show, I like like I get blue balls watching this show. It's ridiculous. Like it's like they give you five minutes and it's like five minutes a week and it's a glorious five minutes and it's just depressing that oh, I know. The the third episode in particular, the way and I'm just like huh? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> with Stephen Amell and Grant Gustin, and the voices show up. It's like it's Green Arrow and Flash, and it's like, and they start like in this one, they start chasing her, and then they're like, "We can help you." And it's, oh god, it's so good. It's just I can't. Oh, it's so brutal. Um, Got some Neil Flynn a, in there too. Yeah, Neil <laughs> Flynn, the uh, the janitor from uh, Scrubs, back in the favorite of you and me from back in college. Oh sure. Um, do you think that they'll put Vixen in the actual TV show? In, like, Arrow or something? Arrow or Flash, yeah. Do you think that they'll have, they have some actress cast uh, Vixen in the show and they're just going to throw her in there for an episode? I think that they will. I think that they'll keep it under their hat pretty closely and it'll be like a, you know, sort of like a cameo for a season finale sort of thing. Like, you know, got to muster all your forces to take on whoever the big bad is for your particular season of Arrow or Flash. And then, you know, oh, shit, here's a live action vixen. Didn't think about that, did you? <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. Because I can't see – I'm not sure how many episodes of Vixen they're going to do, but it certainly seems like if they're going to do 
10 or like they may only do like five or six as a well, well here's a question and here's what kind of uh might give it away um i haven't looked this up but uh the girl doing the voice of uh vixen in the animated uh can she play the part well it's just like does the actress look like she could show up and you know that's a very good question let's i wish i had some looking stuff up music right now as i uh look up the actress uh, oh yeah absolutely yeah absolutely yes well, i cannot not... pronounce her first name is megalin <laughs> and she has a very african last name that i cannot i'm not even going to well then i give it upwards of 85 percent chance <laughs> yeah i just oh man i cannot pronounce this last name i'm not even going to try it would be rather embarrassing i'm sorry i cannot give this this beautiful woman credit and apparently according to imdb she's technically african royalty awesome <laughs> Yeah, apparently the, 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 she is the granddaughter of a Nigerian tribal leader of the Igbo. Again, wow. I should never pronounce stuff, which technically makes her African royalty, according to IMDb, if Dang. you believe IMDb. So if I send her $10,000 through online banking, she'll send me like... <laughs> <laughs> well, she might, because she's probably actually got it from all that Vixen money that um, that's coming in, I oh, guess. Oh, yeah. Oh man, no! I, I'm sorry, I said. <laughs> just oh, like I, I think like it's very good point by you to to bring it back full circle. But I like they like what an opportunity missed if they don't do it, right? Well, exactly. Yeah, I mean, you I can mean, get it's it right there. I like your idea of throwing it in, but again, I'm not sure how many episodes they're gonna do of Vixen. It might like just be a lead into the show, and then kind of like it might be the the week before Arrow in Flash start they have an ep like is their last episode of vixen but if it keeps going through the uh through the tv or like for a couple weeks during the tv show mm -hmm. and then like maybe at the end of one episode like vixen runs into star labs or something on the thursday and, oh, and yeah yeah on the monday <laughs> or the <laughs> tuesday whenever flash airs i think flash airs on tuesdays so mm -hmm. like on the thursday Vixen runs into Star Labs at the end of the five-minute block, and then on Tuesday, we just get right into it, and it's live action all of a sudden. Yeah, as a quick, like, sort of segue from one episode to the next, how cool would it be to have it happen in, like, the animated short, and then, like, have that exact same 30 seconds done live action? <laughs> exactly, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've heard just, like, running into Star Labs. Oh, so good. I mean... Uh, I want to actually point out some of the crossover stuff, too, like, uh, getting, you know, Stephen Amell, Grant Gustin to... Uh, play their animated counterparts was, you know, fun and expected, but having, um, you know, Felicity and Cisco <laughs> yeah. show up was kind of fun too. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, well, absolutely. Because now they're building their, because technically we, we have what is, I guess, is now being referred to as the CW verse, right? It's just, we've that's got all that. Well, that's what, if it's not, I'm coining that phrase right now, right? Yeah, that's right that's there, sure. Essentially what we have, because we're going to have a different Flash, a guy playing Flash in, in the live action movies. So sure, yeah. we technically got our CW version. So it's not quite a, C, a DCU. <laughs> yeah, not, not, not quite, but I mean, it's, I'll take it. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Um, they're doing good things these years, these past few years. So absolutely. Um, let's checking out the other side. Did you see the Jessica Jones teaser? And we've got a date for the release of all the episodes of Jessica Jones. I did. I'm very excited for that. <laughs> um, um, do you know anything about the Jessica Jones character? Uh, not to I, make I, you sound. I'm, I'm not to make it. 
put it on you or anything there. I did look drastic. up a little bit, but I didn't want to dive into it too much for fear of spoiling something for myself. The only thing I know about Jessica Jones, because she was always, it, her thing was always kind of like female super spy, mm-hmm. but she had some, some superpowers. Like sometimes she could fly and sometimes she could, she had super strength and, other times she's just kind of like an agent, not not in Agents of Shield, but similar to Agents of Shield, where they're just humans that are, yeah, super scientists or super scientists, super agents and stuff. So female super agent for some reason is is never been your favorite trope. Yeah, it's never been my alley. I mean, I, I enjoy it from time to time, but I'm not one of those like when I see it. Like I I never watched Alias. Alias was never a a a show that I watched. I've actually been told by several people that that show would be right up my alley. Well, it was by Abrams, wasn't it? It was, yeah. Yeah. And, and like, it was the show before Lost. Yeah, I never gave it a shot. So the few things that I know about Jessica Jones, A, she's married to Luke Cage mm-hmm. at certain points. Uh, B, she was in the Heroes for Hire group with uh, Iron Fist and Luke Cage and Misty Knight. Right. And see her most famous moment in the comics is when she has butt sex with Luke Cage. That's right. You've mentioned that. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look, what do you do with that? I don't... Uh, well, the, the premise that I got, the little bit of research that I did, is that she was a superhero, but for whatever reason failed at it. And so kind of chose to live a more private life instead and and fight crime in a more legal sense. So the opposite of vigilante justice that you normally see in a comic where, you know, they're, they're trying to do the right thing and they have to turn to vigilantism. She just trying to do the right thing and turned away from vigilantism. Yeah. I, I think I could be wrong about this and I'm sure people on Twitter will correct me, but I'm fairly certain she loses her powers. Um, Cause the guy who's going to be the main villain in this uh, Kilgrave. So God. Um, I, or AKA the purple man. I was going to say, is the purple man or something like that? Yeah. The purple man. Cause he's actually purple in the comics, but what they've done, I don't know if you've seen any of the production stills. I haven't no. And the, the production stills came out just this week and there were a few photos and, uh, David Tennant, uh, they had him dressed up kind of in like yeah. a purplish a violet suit, <laughs> violet suit, uh, similar to the Joker, like, like that type of color where, so he's in like a violet suit with a violet scarf, as opposed mm-hmm. to, you know, that the scarf knotted loosely above his neck and stuff like that, <laughs> uh, which, you know, much smarter than actually giving him a purple face, but the, you, you can still, you know, if he just wears purple all the time, yeah. then you could, one might ostensibly call him a purple man. Exactly. Um, Mike Coulter, they, the shot of him in the bar, they, they had one production still of him in the bar That's as, our Luke, Cage, as yeah. Luke Cage. Oh my God. I just saw that and I was just like, Oh my Lord. Well, so I, I will say this and, uh, you know, I've, I've started seeing someone recently and we're both really excited for this show because I'm, uh, you know, I'm attracted to Kristen Ritter. She's attracted to David Tennant, you know, everyone wins. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Kristen Ritter. And it's good to see Kristen Ritter getting more work or getting like a, a main uh, yes, I agree with that. <laughs> role, because she had that, um, there was a series, well, because obviously most people know her as uh, Jesse's girlfriend in season two of Breaking Bad, I believe. Mm-hmm. She yeah, was season two. Yeah, she's the heroin addict who cho- choked on her own uh, vomit, and then Walter White just let her die, which to me is, as horrifying as that scene was, was the greatest moment in Breaking Bad, if I could just geek out, Breaking Bad geek out in one second, because that was the only time in Breaking Bad where I was actually leaned back in my chair 
And then she started choking and Walt, you know, went to reach for her to turn her over to save her yeah. and got about halfway there and was like, wait a minute, is it in my best interest to actually save this girl? And when he stopped and then Brian Cranston was so fucking good, mm-hmm. like did that like step away thing. I actually leaned forward in my chair and was like, oh my God, that is brilliant writing. Like I just, I, I absolutely lost my mind when that happened. Oh, sure. My favorite mo- moment of Breaking Bad. She was also in some show that was on ABC that I guess was critically acclaimed, but for uh, some... Was it Veronica Mars? That's what I remember her from. <laughs> no, for, yeah, Veronica Mars was one. Uh, but Veronica Mars is critically acclaimed, but it got a few seasons, didn't it? Uh, uh, it, it got canceled in its third season. Yeah. Like, but it, this... it, it had definitely started to go downhill. If you're going to watch any Veronica Mars, watch the first season. Yeah. After uh, that, you can probably stop. <laughs> yeah. Carly watched some shows. It was a comedy show. Uh, James Vanderbeek was in it, and I've always been a Vanderbeek fan. Uh, she was on something, the, like, B in Room 203 or something. Yeah, don't like hear this. Don't trust the B in Apartment 23. That was it. it. And the show was critically acclaimed, and it got canceled. Was it? I, oh, yeah. I always thought that it was just, like, generic ABC sitcom. No, they had two. Well, it was apparently critically acclaimed two seasons 13 episodes a piece and i guess <laughs> no i guess just no it was one of those shows where just nobody watched it i don't want to say it was like arrested development in that because i've never seen the show and i don't want to compare it to well yeah no of course arrested but, but i'm saying it's the same we've, we've all been there with those cult favorites that get canceled yeah. because no one's actually watching them yeah and it was it it's was a, it's a classic firefly it's a classic <laughs> arrested, development. arrested development yeah it was it was similar to that but again i haven't seen it and I would have, at first glance, I would have been like, oh man, that just looks like another bad ABC sitcom. So, but apparently it was pretty good because Carly loved it. Um, but yeah, she looks good. And it seems like the way they're going to do this Jessica Jones show is uh, like, you remember how the, the best part of Daredevil is the fact that Daredevil was fighting for a block. Yeah. Like, like basically four, like, a neighborhood. Like, yeah. A neighborhood, a square mile maybe in, in New York. It seems like they're going to make it even smaller, and Jessica Jones is going to be like fighting to maintain her apartment. In like she like she's going to be uh, fighting. She's going to, to be fighting to keep, lights on. <laughs> to keep the lights on and pay rent. Yeah, that that type of uh, thing. You... Well, and I, I like that sort of thing where even if you are like a, it, it kind of works for what I am guessing that her character is from what I understand her character is where she's, you know, she's got superpowers but doesn't want to use them and for whatever reason is is um, keeping it, wants to just do it on her own merits as a detective. And so you see a lot of these detective shows where the guy lives in a tiny office and he's got like, a, you know, the frosted glass window and everything like that. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, he's just struggling to get the one big case that's going to, you know make his career it's very similar her character seems very or the way it looks like they're gonna do it mm-hmm. it seems like it's gonna be very similar to the first hour of hancock okay. with uh will smith where it's just like n- not him like purposely messing stuff up but it's just like oh god i don't want these powers and why am i doing this <laughs> like, oh, so that she just keeps getting in the way of stuff <laughs> yeah that that kind of a thing i mean maybe i don't know i again i don't know a lot about Jessica Jones, I'm interested to to learn about it, and well, maybe I'll pick up a few. Because when Daredevil came out, I, it reinvigorated my love of good Daredevil that had been like like my my Daredevil flame that had 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 was all but extinguished. Had the Ben the yeah. Ben Affleck sprinkler go off above? <laughs> yeah, that that had been all but extinguished because of the the Ben Affleck thing that happened in 2003, and then. Mm-hmm. 
the stuff they were doing with them in the ultimate was never very good sure and i mean i i think that my anticipation of the show is a lot like it was for daredevil where i don't know much about it all i'd seen is a little bit of the bad bad movie um which i only saw like a few months ago b- b- before the series come out <laughs> like we did the commentary of it of it and that was the first time i'd ever seen that movie <laughs> god so bad um so like that's literally all i knew about daredevil going in and so wanted to see it done right and now knowing even less about jessica jones but knowing what the mcu is capable of doing on a netflix original series where it's all low stakes and stuff like that like i am very interested to see how they do this and uh hopefully i like it as much as or possibly more than daredevil i guess i'm just weirded out that we know we're getting four series and then a fifth is the defenders Mm mm-hmm and if you told me the order that they were going to do them in, right, I would have had Jessica Jones last. And it's not a... Oh, I see. Yeah. Well, I it just... It, it's not... It just if... Given the choice between Jessica Jones, who I whose comic I never read and kind of only, you know, was familiar with her when I was reading the Heroes for Hire stuff, <laughs> I would much rather see... Like the the order for me would have been Daredevil, Luke Cage, Iron mm-hmm. Fist, Jessica Jones, and unfortunately we're getting Jessica Jones before. Well, not unfortunately, but surprisingly, surprisingly for me, we're getting Jessica Jones number two. And I just I think this is going to be a fantastic series. But the only thing that ticks me off about it is because we're getting this one first. I got to wait a few more months before I get uh, a full on Luke Cage series. Although we're going to get a little Luke Cage will be in this one. So that'll, mm-hmm. that'll hold me over in this. Yeah. One. And I'm so willing too. to give them benefit of the doubt. Maybe I'm a bit more willing cause I'm not really a fan of any of these properties, but uh, I certainly am willing to be onto iron fist. is gonna when, when this defender stuff is over, mm-hmm. I'm willing to bet that iron fist, Danny Rand is going to be your Marvel guy. That's... I've heard of iron fist before, actually, you know how I, you know how the first time I heard of iron fist was, I think you told me this story, but I'll let you go ahead and tell it on the pod. I was playing that old, uh, superhero MMO that came out in like 2005 city of heroes. <laughs> yes. And I wanted to create a guy who was like iron man and, uh, just beat people up with these giant iron, like steel gloves that he had on. <laughs> and I named him iron fist. And it's like, you can't name a character. To <laughs> and I'm like, well, why not? That property is already. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, due to copyright violations, you yeah. cannot, cannot name your character Iron Fist. Yeah. And I looked up like Iron Fist Marvel, and I look at the picture. I'm like, my guy looks more like Iron Fist than he does. Ridiculous. <laughs> That's true. But I'm telling you, once I, I think once this is all said and done, Iron Fist might be your like he like he he might be I'm trying to think of someone you love in DC that that's one of like the underrated guys like I like I Captain Boomerang maybe but <laughs> an actual hero cuz like all right, all right. I just well cuz I guess more like the Flash right cuz the mm-hmm. Flash is is like you and I love the Flash but the Flash until recent memory was not a kind of a mainstream guy he is so now he, he might be show. my supergirl <laughs> yeah that, that, you know what? That's a much better... That, you might be my Captain Marvel. That's it. Yeah. You know what? That's it right there. I think I think Iron Fist is... That's the comparison right there. He's the Shazam yeah. of uh, Marvel, where everything he does is just awesome, and he's so lovable, and... Awesome. Everything that's written in that comic is just good. I think that one will be the most enjoyable. Yeah, you can have your gritty superheroes and anti-heroes and stuff like that. I just like lovable characters. Yeah, <laughs> there's, there's, there's still a place in this world for just stuff that makes you smile. Sure. And there's nothing, just speaking of, just to say that about Shazam, like when Iron Fist does the, like, 
touch of the dragon and, and all that stuff. It just makes me so happy. And it's the same thing of just any time Billy Batson goes Shazam and turns into Captain Marvel, I never not smile. It's like, the code word for smiles. Exactly. It's exactly what it is. Um, we've been dancing around it. Last Airbender 2. <laughs> it was confirmed in some sort of capacity about, I don't know, a week, two weeks ago. Uh-huh. Uh, when I messaged back and forth about this. Uh, and it's just about time we, we put it on Front Street here on the pod. Yeah. Um... Just, <laughs> to me, I would be semi-okay with it if M. Night Shyamalan didn't try to defend the first one. Yeah. That's where I, that's where it falls apart for me. If he if he came out, you know, patted his own chest, said, my bad. Yeah, look, I blew it. <laughs> I blew it. My bad. Can I get another shot? Like fanboys, can I get another shot? And and you know, tried to do a better. It's hard because I've thought of this too. Because I, I had enough feeling that you would bring something like this up, and I don't know that I'm ready to forgive him, even if oh, he I'm apologized. The only, <laughs> the only time I'm going to forgive him is when he gives me. I I swear to God, before I I leave this earth, mm-hmm. I will get my thirty two dollars back from <laughs> Shyamalan for for for. Uh, the two tickets I spent on and the 3d tickets. They got me for the extra eight bucks yep. on the 3d that was nowhere to be seen in that movie. So I'm going to get my $32 back from I'll, just say, I'll get my 14 because I don't buy food. <laughs> yeah. Well, they, yeah, like I said, they got me for the eight bucks on the, uh, on the, so it was two $16 tickets to go see. Cause it was opening day. It was Canada day. It was packed. It was 3d terrible movie that like everybody wanted to leave in the middle of, but because everybody was so Canadian, Nobody was like, I don't want to leave because I don't want people to like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't want people to, you know, block the screen as I'm trying to stand up and leave. If I hadn't had a friend drive me to the theater, I probably would have left. <laughs> well, I just, I kept, I was one of those things where I, I was, it was a train wreck at that point where I'm just like. It, it, mesmerized. I was mesmerized by how terrible it was and just, yeah, I, I will get my money back. But like I said. For him to go and have somebody go, I'm going to write these words down that you're about to say so that I can quote you later and put it in an article. Mm-hmm. And, and for him to say nonsense like along the lines of, you know, why was everybody upset? with People just didn't get it. <laughs> oh, like, oh, my God. Just... And they're going to do it, too. It's not like he's rebooting it and saying, my bad. Let me try again. Let me try again. I know what not to do now. He's going to do, too. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. And, and like, as simple as, I mean, I I love that show. Don't get me wrong. Like, it's one of my top ten TV shows of all time currently. Um, But the first season is simple. It's straightforward. It's hero's journey, absolutely. Um, with with very black and white bad guys, except yeah. for I think maybe one episode, which they gloss over entirely in the movie. Yeah, the blue, um, what, what, the blue, the blue spirit. spirit yeah. yeah, the blue spirit was probably the only time you really got complicated for the bad guys, where Zuko freedom so that he could. Oh, like, spoiler alert, I guess, but like, so Zuko freedom, freedom from the prison so that he could 
capture him later to return him to, you know, take back his own honor. Exactly. And that was so good at building that for that particular character. But other than that, yeah, it was pretty much generic bad guy from the Fireland, right? Versus the hero's journey. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, like, and the, the joke that people were making at the time, because I, I'm pretty sure that the series had ended by the time the movie came out. Um, but the joke that people were making is that uh, in like the third last episode of the show, they basically do like their version of a clip show, which is the characters go to a play and uh, watch yes. the Fire Nation's depictions of, you know, who's, who these characters are and <laughs> how they're met, how they met and what their stories are. Yeah, and are. Toph was like a giant man. <laughs> yeah, Toph like is that. a giant man and Aang's yeah. played by like a sprightly woman and, <laughs> and you know, there were all these prop- crying all the time versions, and Zuko yeah. screams honor as he dies <laughs> yeah all these propaganda versions that's like yeah exactly it was it was entirely propaganda and and in universe poorly acted and a lot of people are saying i think this might have been a better avatar movie <laughs> oh absolutely wow. but uh yeah so but and that was the thing like you have your your straight up bad guy villain in zuko in the in the movie version um and Iroh might as well not have been there at all, honestly. No. Yeah, you could have absolutely removed the best character from that show and just not have him be there. Mm-hmm. The only thing the only thing he did that was of any significance was in M. Night Shyamalan's version, the Firebenders, like, like everybody actually needed their element to exist in order to... Oh, make, yeah, that's remember? right. Remember? <laughs> Until the end when Iroh was able to create fire from, from his own hand and it was Nothing. like... <laughs> so technically he was the only Firebender. In, yeah. in, as we know them <laughs> as we know of in the m night Shyamalan universe because everybody actually needed their element to exist in order to bend it like God. just can dumb. you imagine laying siege to the north pole if you literally have to carry around lanterns against an entire nation of waterbenders yeah that, just... <laughs> like what <laughs> yeah they'd be like okay splash <laughs> now what it's fucked yeah get out of here with that nonsense it's like turn around turn around come back when like the sun's closer or something oh man boy this is terrible what a terrible and uh i don't know so yeah bad movie i don't like the way that he defended it either because i don't know what it's indefensible he's just trying to defend the indefensible well, he's trying to defend it against a very specific criticism. That isn't anything that I heard levied against that movie. Like, he was basically saying, like, listen, it's a movie that I made for my kids to be fun and, you know, kind of dip into these mystical roots and et cetera, et cetera. And, you know, it's not going to be all dark and gritty and adult. And I'm like, did anyone accuse it of being that? <laughs> like, did anyone want that movie? We just wanted to be true to the source material. And like I'm saying, love that show, but the first season is a straight-up kid show. <laughs> like, oh, it's, 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 it, There's no thing, nothing dark and gritty about it. So, I mean, the source material is right there. You know, you can do the same story. You can pronounce their names properly. <laughs> yeah, that was another thing. Oh, my God. Like, it's another thing to, like, get into the F- Final Fantasy VII style uh, argument about how the names are supposed to be pronounced because they're just written on paper or on yeah, television screen. They're not voice acted. <laughs> yeah, but when Ang they is. actually say them in a cartoon and pronounce it Ang and whatnot, and then to go into the show and pronounce it Ong and just completely fuck it up, it's like, did he even watch the show or did he just actually have his kids give him the gist of what happens in season one and then just made up his own crap as he went. Yeah, like he did an adaptation without 
I have to assume, looking at any of the source material, it's it's a classic Billy and the Clonosaurus. Yeah, <laughs> actually, it's Billy and the Clonosaurus. Uh, yeah, if I had, if he came into my convenience store, I would shoot him up for forty-five minutes too, and then say, "What were you thinking?" Yeah, I just. One of the best-selling cartoon series of all time. What were you thinking, sir? Oh, God, so bad. Um, well, speaking of awful sequels that we're about to get, uh, Fantastic Four 2 is apparently going to be a thing. Right? Oh, no. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah, I just... Somebody, I don't know who, but somebody's in charge of trying to pick up the pieces left by no. pretty much everybody in the wake of that movie and make a second one because i guess why the hell not damn it um now you went to go see the movie with the intention of coming back and doing the review mm. so we are going to backtrack a little bit here for the next couple of minutes because you did pay your eight to twelve bucks whatever it was mm -hmm. to see the fantastic four but unfortunately because of scheduling problems you weren't allowed on or you weren't able to come on to do the fantastic four review Right, right. But since you spent your money mm. on that horrible piece of crap, <laughs> here's your soapbox. <laughs> yeah, in 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 you know, in preparation to for coming on this pod, I'm going to give you however much time you want right now to give your opinion on that first one. I still can't focus my thoughts around this movie. It's been what a month and a half. Yeah, right. <sighs> I don't know what type of movie they were trying to make. Like well, it was, it was. That's the problem. It's it's clearly, and from what we now know about mm -hmm. that, it, it was clearly two movies smashed into one. Right. Well, and here's the thing, and because we know this, like it's two movies smashed into one. Apparently, there were a lot of creative differences where they basically just reshot chunks of the movie after it was finished. Yes. Um, which is why, and, and our friend Dave will tell you this, um, and I would have to go back and look, but I'm certainly never going to do that. Um, you can tell that in certain scenes, Kate Mara is wearing a wig. <laughs> really interesting. I, I, like, like, and, and I don't know if he's the one to notice this, but I guess he saw it from some YouTube review. Kate Mara, who, by the way, claims that she has not seen the movie. Kate Mara was in the movie. Mm -hmm. And she claims claimed last week, I think, in an interview that she still hasn't seen the Fantastic Four movie. I so, think claiming ignorance can be the best thing at this point, honestly. Oh, absolutely. I for for that trying to get off the 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 stink of that is is probably. I don't know, man. I I listen. I saw Daredevil. I've never seen Halle Berry's Catwoman. Uh, this may be <laughs> the worst superhero movie I've seen. <laughs> I, I don't know. Oh, well, it is worse. the worst superhero movie I've seen. I don't know if it's worse than because I don't. Quite frankly, it's a bad movie. It's not good, mm -hmm. but it's not the worst comic book movie of all time. Because I'll tell you, X Men Origins Wolverine was worse than that Fantastic Four movie. Oh, see, I, and I don't even think it's. I don't even think it's the worst Fantastic Four movie of all time because I think. Um, Silver Surfer. Silver Surfer is worse. Hmm. Somebody on College Humor, I wish I could give them credit. I think it was College Humor anyway, or maybe it was Dorkly, which is like College Humor's video game comic offshoot. Mm -hmm. Wish I could give them credit. I got to start writing down the name so I can start sourcing some of these people, but I'm fairly certain. <laughs> We're not journalists. This is enthusiasts. That's true. But I think it was someone <laughs> Do on... Do not I, cite us. Yeah, but that's true, but I don't, I don't necessarily want... I, if I reference people, I like to try to give them credit, but unfortunately I can't do that yeah. for this particular one. Um said something along the lines of here's why 
it's the worst movie of all time, the worst comic book movie of all time. Mm-hmm. And I had no comeback for this when I read it. Because again, like I said, I don't think it's the worst comic book movie. But he said, this is why this is the worst comic book movie of all time. The Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. The Ryan Reynolds piece of crap, Green Lantern. Yep. yep. Was a D minus movie. Or like a D or a C a C minus or a D movie that mm-hmm. was trying to be a B. Yeah. Right? Like it wasn't trying to be groundbreaking or anything. It was just trying to be a solid comic book movie. Didn't pull it off. Bad CG, bad comics, bad editing. Sure, yeah. It was never going to be anyone's magnum opus. Exactly. It was never going to be that. This fantastic, Josh Trank Fantastic Four mm-hmm. was an F Yeah, that was trying to be an just Nolan's Dark Knight. Yeah. And that's why it's the worst comic book movie of all time. And, well, I, was like, and I had no comeback for that, and it's a fantastic... And that's generally the point that I kind of uh, was making at the beginning, too. And uh, I will say for this podcast, because I wasn't on any official review, um, coming out of the theater after seeing it, um, I, I was laughing. And just to harken back to something we were talking about, I was trying to figure out in my head whether it was the worst movie I'd ever seen, because up till then, the worst movie I'd ever seen was The Last Airbender. Um, I decided that it's impossible to tell because I feel so much worse about The Last Airbender because I'm a fan of the source material and I felt personally wronged, uh, whereas I could give a shit about the Fantastic Four in general. Um, But comparing it to the uh, 2005 Fantastic Four that we had done a commentary for the week uh, beforehand, um, I was like, they're both bad movies, but in like completely opposite ways. But at least the first one in 2005 wasn't taking itself so goddamn seriously. Like, as bad as it was, it was trying to be lighthearted and fun. And so when stuff was goofy in it, it was kind of fit the mood. Uh, whereas there was so much goofy, dumb shit in this movie that was trying to, like, win Oscars that I I, I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, it was... It was so weird. I mean, it's still below 10% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's not that bad of a movie. It should be like, I don't know, 30 to 40% on Rotten Tomatoes. Because I think the most, I think the best review that that Fantastic Four movie got actually came from my fiance, who, when we walked out of that movie, she was, she went, she, she went, that movie's not as bad as everyone claimed it was. <laughs> like that was it she's like it's not bad she goes it's not good but i was expecting it to be like last airbender 2 and and she went with me to see last airbender mm. and she was like i was expecting it to be like last airbender bad so basically what she was saying was this movie was in focus right like <laughs> yeah like, this movie was in focus whereas <laughs> we like, had the, extra for the 3d <laughs> yeah the, the last the last airbender was there were you know shots where they were clearly people standing behind green screens and stuff mm-hmm. yeah. like the movie didn't look cheap and it wasn't because they spent a shitload of money on it mm-hmm. uh so yeah in conclusion really bad movie getting a sequel <laughs> and i was disappointed too because like the only thing i'd seen kate mara in before was um uh, kate mara is gonna bounce back she i tell you she's gonna be the I first hope so <laughs> she'll be the first one to bounce back from this movie uh, actually, that's probably not true. Michael B. Jordan's gonna bounce back because that Creed movie looks awesome. Have you seen the trailer for that? I have not. Oh my god, they're doing—he's playing Apollo Creed's son, and he's gonna get trained by Rocky later this year. And it was a movie I didn't even know I needed. 
God and damn, that actually sounds decent. <laughs> I know, and it essentially looks like a really good boxing movie. It looks like they wrote a really good boxing movie, and then halfway through writing it, they were just like, wait a minute, why we don't... We can probably get Sly Stallone in this. Yeah, we could get Sly Stallone in this and turn it into a Rocky movie and then really start making some coin. Yeah, exactly. And But like, the, if you see the trailer, and I highly recommend everybody after listening to this pod and <laughs> goes and checks out the Creed trailer, but at the end, you see Michael B. Jordan in the ring, and he taps gloves, and when he taps gloves, he's got the red, white, blue gloves of his dad. And I was just like, it was one of those things that made me go like, <gasps> you know, because <laughs> like, I'm such a Rocky nerd. That I just, oh sure. Oh man, but yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, see, I'm not really a Rocky fan at all, but I, that sounds interesting. Absolutely, it does. And, uh, but I mean, like Rocky Four is still great. Rocky One's still fantastic. It's a little slow by today's standards, but. Uh, Still a great movie, but I think this Creed movie is going to be fantastic. Michael B. Jordan's going to probably bounce back the fastest, but I think Kate Merrill bounce back. Miles Teller, I think, has got the other than Josh Trank. Miles Teller, I think, has the furthest to climb from from this Fantastic Four thing. Josh Trank, he, I think he'll be back because I like I, I like him. I really like Chronicle, and I, I hope so because it seems like from what I've heard about what parts that he was responsible for the movie and what parts he wasn't, like those are the parts that I at least somewhat enjoyed yes and yes. i would i would hate for this to be his you know his swan song <laughs> yeah i don't think it will be but i think it might be a year or two before we hear from josh drank again is the thing like i think, well, I, think I, I hope so lay low for a while yeah that's his plan well he absolutely did that it. he absolutely did that because he was supposed to do basically he was doing a four-part pod because you know fantastic four was coming out so they were going to do it in four parts he, he was yeah. doing a four-part pod with kevin smith mm. and he did the first three parts and then, then the movie came out, and every all the shit happened from the movie, and he never returned for the fourth part. And Kevin Smith came on uh, a couple weeks after that and said, "Well, we're not gonna have a fourth part, and everybody just leave Josh Trank the fuck alone, so that he can, you know, yeah, you know, <laughs> he can he can just lick, lick his wounds, <laughs> yeah, lick his wounds, get over this, and then bounce back bigger and stronger than ever, right?" And I and I was I was right there with. Uh, Kevin Smith hoping that Josh Trank. Oh sure, yeah. and and listen, I never want to shit on anyone except for no. Zack Snyder. But uh... <laughs> I, I, Miller, I think there's a chance Zack Snyder is going to win us over with this. I because I think, but I, I'm going to say this right now on this pod, mm-hmm. like what, what mark right, like the 38 minute mark of the pod on September 20th. Mm. Ben Affleck is going to be the defining movie Batman. You can quote me on that. I have actually strong feelings about that too. That that seems likely to me. I don't I don't know that I'm as convinced as you, but uh, I I have I have high hopes certainly. Um, I've completely flipped on this. I can't believe how fast I turned coat. It, it's just I am turning, but I haven't flipped yet. That's true. That, that, I, I, I I am convinced I am going to see this movie. That's the mo- That's yeah. as far as I've gotten so far. So I'll tell you who looks the shakiest in this movie for me right now is Jesse Eisenberg. Well, yeah, and I, I'm I'm more worried about Jesse that Eisenberg. Was the case for me. I'm more worried about Jesse Eisenberg in this than uh, Zack Snyder because that American Ultra movie that just came out, I haven't seen it, but everything about it seems like it's just so fucking terrible, and I'm just like, oh my god, and just making bad decisions on the way up to this Batman Spider Man or Batman Spider Man. Batman. <laughs> What a movie that would be! Five minutes. Oh of boy! Punches Superman or Spider-Man in the face. Game over, man. 
Oh, you stick to walls, eh? Bam. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You just see his, like, unconscious body swinging back and forth <laughs> on a web. <laughs> oh, man. Oh. So, speaking of Kate Mara. <laughs> yeah, spe- oh, okay, great segue. Speaking of Kate Mara, uh, the first episode of Moonbeam City debuted this week. Um, I didn't know that this was a show. It came on right after the new episode of South Park. And they advertised it in the middle of South Park. And I was like, wait, what's this? And it was so 80s. And if you know one thing about Matt Pierce, he loves him some 80s uh-huh. style thing. And I've been saying, like, because Grand Theft Auto Vice City is one of the... I was going to say, it's, it's straight up Vice City. <laughs> it's straight up Vice City. The full-on, the neon lights, the Miami feel of the city and everything. The, like, the Miami vice type feel. And I saw that it was like, Rob Lowe in Moonbeam City. And then they showed a couple clips and I was like, whoa, hold on a second. This is up next? And I watched it. And I was mesmerized by everything in the show. And it was such an aggressive ripoff of Archer. Yep. That I was honestly that I, I was I was honestly impressed. I was so impressed. What did you think? Uh yeah, the, that's basically my takedown too. Eighties as fuck. Hot pink and cyan. God. Um so- and just straight up archer like <laughs> yeah it was could not have been more and it's like hilarious because i started to think about it and i was like wow this show is like because I, I originally described archer as venture brothers meets arrested development mm-hmm. when i was trying to pitch it to my friends uh you included yeah and now they all watch archer because they all like those other two shows and i was like man i gotta pitch moonbeam city because i watched the first episode i'm like man this is a hilarious archer ripoff but i kind of like it and I went, how am I going to pitch this to Miller and Lee Pock and Rob, all the guys that have been on this pod before? Mm. And I was about to message you guys and say, you've got to watch Moonbeam City because it's essentially Archer meets Miami Vice. And then I said to myself, wait a minute. <laughs> Archer already did that in season five of Archer when they called yep. it Archer Vice. <laughs> and I was like, wait. So they ripped off an idea from a show that they already ripped off to do to themselves wholesale in the fifth season and they just were like we're gonna do it but we're gonna lean right into it with the 80s like style and even like the way the jokes hit you like the pace of the jokes and everything Mm -hmm. was absolutely just straight up archer and the uh, what what was the name dazzle i think was the name of the character that rob lowe was doing and like everybody voice acting in this show was fantastic I'm not, I'm not putting it on them. It's just. Oh, sure. Like uh, every, like couldn't he was Archer in the eighties. Exactly. Like, like look at this arc in the first one. He was a cop who failed at his job because of his own incompetence and, mm-hmm. and went for his next mission and left the mission to sleep with some woman. He just met <laughs> and then left her at the end of the episode. Oh my God. It's such an aggressive ripoff that I can't believe they got away with it. Uh, I don't know that they did, honestly. I didn't much care for it, except for, like, a few bits. Like, um, what's his name? Will Forte as, like, the rival Rad. guy. Yeah, Rad. That was pretty funny. He was pretty great. Um, Will, Will Forte's fantastic in, cause he, in voice acting. I wish he would do more, but, I, I you know, he's on tons of stuff. But, oh, yeah. Because he did Abe Lincoln in the, in the old uh, Clone High series that was yeah, yeah. unceremoniously canceled. Well, yeah, and I mean, like, I like him. I like Rob Lowe, certainly. Um, but, I don't know. It, it felt like it was 
trying too hard to be Archer and didn't quite hit the mark for me. Like it, like you were saying, it's like the best way to describe it is it's Archer meets Archer season four. Like it's just Archer to death <laughs> and almost a bit too much. So like where Sterling is competent at his job when he's focused, he just isn't a lot of the time. Um, and so to have this character who, at least in the one episode, was, you know, completely sober and just kind of being a crybaby yeah. <laughs> while, while bitching about his job and, you know, becoming a, a manager for, like, a mall singer for no good goddamn <laughs> Like, what was that? The know. plot really went off the rails. Oh, it was madness. It's like, oh, you're suspended. Give me your gun and your, your number one cop mug. And he's like, that okay, joke, I'll somehow get that this joke. back by not doing anything at all. It, it just worked out at the end. Which is another classic Archer trope. Well, yeah, it's it's like, just stuff works out. Things just work out for him. Yeah. Oh, my God. And here's the thing. Elizabeth Banks does a voice in this show. Mm-hmm. Um, Elizabeth Banks... Does so much to the point. End of the season. She does so much to the point where Sam Jackson thinks that she's in a lot. Like Sam Jackson looks at Elizabeth Banks and goes, "Man, that girl needs to slow down. She is stretching herself way too thin. She is in everything." This is Sam Jackson saying this because Elizabeth Banks is in goddamn everything. I mean, I like Elizabeth Banks, but you you can't you can throw a rock and hit a a radio show or a podcast or a TV show or a movie because she's she's also going to be in that. Uh, like next month we get that bleeping uh, mocking Jay, whatever it is, the Hunger Games. She's right, she's right. Those yeah. movies and, and oh man, it's crazy. Because I think there's because Elizabeth Banks is in so much stuff that I'm fairly certain there have been two, maybe three shows where the like fourth or fifth season plot line was yeah, Elizabeth. We talked about this season five Elizabeth Banks shows up, hooks and, up with the main character. <laughs> yeah, and gets impregnated by the main character of a television of the television show you've been watching for five years. <laughs> and then just sticks around for the rest of the series. <laughs> oh I always forget the the third one. It was Scrubs, it was Thirty Rock. Well let's check Elizabeth Banks's IMDB, see if we could figure it out. Yeah, it was Thirty Rock and There's another one I watched. Yeah, it was, it was Scrubs, Thirty Rock. Scrubs and Thirty Rock, definitely. Uh, Modern Family. That's it. She was on Modern Family, and she got pregnant on like the third season of Modern Family. Oh man, I'm just insane. Just insane. She's in those Pitch Perfect movies. The Ma- She's in the Magic Mike movie. Oh, she's in everything. Hmm. I'm telling you, she needs the, the Wild Style. She was Wild Style in the Lego Movie, which I think they're making a sequel of. Although she was great in that. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, that movie's great. (laughs) Yeah. Just. Are they still making a straight-up Lego Batman movie? (laughs) Uh, Well, I think they've done that already, but it's on... uh, It just goes straight to DVD, I think. Oh, sure. Those ones. I've actually yet to check out the Lego Batman series, because we have actually, I think, two or three movies. Because I've had some people say that they were trying to come with grips, that their favorite version of uh, Batman might not be animated series anymore, it might be Lego Batman. (laughs) That's crazy. And I'm like, well, because they, they do usually use uh, the original voices for that, too. Yeah, yeah. Like Clancy Brown tends to be there doing Luthor and Kevin Conway and Tim Daly. Um, well, if we're going to shift off that into some more Superman type stuff, uh, rumors mm-hmm. circulating. You might be interested in this. Classic rumors. Of Chris Nolan 
directing a Superman movie. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> well, how does uh... that And further rumors are that if Warner Brothers has said that the, if they're doing Superman, they want the next villain to be Brainiac. Awesome. Done. Sold. You know, yes. So all you need is Chris Nolan, Superman, and Brainiac in your end. That's all well, you- I, I need to know, like, uh, Nolan, I'm hit and miss on. Like, I like most of his movies, but I would need to have the right sort of plot, I think. Well, I, well we know Nolan. I think Brainiac, he could do some of his Nolan-y type. Right. Because Brainiac can get in your head, and then he can do some of the stuff where it's like, is this really happening type of Chris Nolan stuff that he likes to do? But Exactly, exactly. In the Batman movies, we've also... Because he had a character he could have done that with in the first one in Batman Begins with the Scarecrow, and he didn't, and was kind of the perfect way to do that. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that wasn't super the point of that movie. And I also get, true. I get why he didn't. He, um, he shows restraint in the superhero movies. It's, exactly, it's, yeah. And the like thing he knows when to bring the Nolan, is what I'm saying. Yeah. And um, Brain X one of those ones where it needs to be done with reverence, but also yeah. shit has to get raw in that movie. <laughs> Because Brainiac's whole deal, and at least the version of him that I like the most, is he'll come to your planet, take all your information, and then destroy your planet. That's what he does. That's his thing. His so, thing. I mean, it, it's a classic fight for Superman. Um, do you know if they're going to be tying it into, like, the Man of Steel verse? I believe that is the... From what I'm reading, that is the... Uh, cause, well, because there's a new rumor every week. Because originally... If about three or four weeks ago, the word was that they were going to give George Miller, mm-hmm. uh, director of Mad Max Fury Road, among a bunch of other really good movies, mm-hmm. he was going to get Man of Steel too. Hmm. Which I'm like, sure, <laughs> but uh, oh yeah, get him, uh, get him to do a Metallo movie. Yeah, the point is they it's want like just getting rough and wild in the streets. That would be great. <laughs> the point is. Marvel or Warner Brothers is so juiced because they screened um, Batman Superman, uh, you know, on their own lot. And they've been mm-hmm. getting such good buzz from the people that they've screened it for that they're like, we got to open that. We got to open it up. Right. And off of that, we, we know that they've already greenlit three Batman movies to be starred and directed in by Ben Affleck. Mm-hmm. And now they want to do the same thing with Superman. But they don't want Superman to end up kind of like Superman Returns where Superman Returns comes out. Nobody really seems to like it or like a few pockets of people like it, but it's not a great comic book movie right. and that they can't really spin it off. Right. Got it. So yeah. <laughs> I guess Warner brothers are saying, listen, if we're going to do this, we got to do this smart. We can't, you know, 1997 Batman and Robin this anymore and just look, <laughs> look for the cash. We've got to think, you know, long-term here, like Marvel's done. And yeah, who are we going to turn to? But, plan. <laughs> yeah, but who are we going to turn to? But the guy who got us three really good Batman movies and brought us back to comic book relevance. Oh, sure, exactly. And to the uh, point where all you needed to hear was Chris Nolan, Superman, Brainiac. <laughs> well, I'm just excited for uh, you know I've I've mentioned this before and to you privately and to the podcast I think um, where I'm excited to see some of the lesser used Batman or Superman villains. Uh, because there's always a Luthor. I mean, that's fine. I like Luthor, but he's in every single goddamn Bat- Superman movie. <laughs> um, I would like to see, uh, you know, some of my favorites, which are Metallo and Brainiac. And and Brainiac's just a good one. And, and Darkseid. 
Like, I would actually almost rather see Nolan do a Dark Side movie. I think that that's more his flavor, honestly. Because you could do some inner gang stuff in there, too. Yeah. I just think, I think if you get Brainiac, if you get Nolan, Nolan would probably go Brainiac. And if he kills it in the Brainiac, the second one, he could do Dark Side. Right. And then third one, why not a Brainiac Dark Side team up? Well, I was actually going to suggest maybe a Brainiac Luthor team. <laughs> or Brainiac, yeah, just any of that stuff, right? Yeah. Oh man, I, I I have it all right there. I say if you can do it, Warner Brothers, go for it. Oh that's, yeah, absolutely. That's... I mean, I, any of those movies I would be interested in. Like there are certainly, like you had mentioned George Miller, and I could see him doing like a Metallo thing that would be interesting, possibly because it seems like his sort of style. Yes. Uh, where nothing's too grandiose, but it's all awesome, street level and violent and, and cool action and, shots. And, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And you could all have it just be centered in Metropolis and not have to worry about these world-ending threats. Um, whereas I could see, I don't know who else I would get to direct. Like, I'm not great at picking directors, but um, I would love to see a Darkseid or, or um, Brainiac movie. So any villain that we haven't seen in the movie before, honestly. <laughs> How does a potential uh, live-action Akira movie grab you? Nah, I mean... Warner Brothers has been trying to crack this nut for a long time because they own the rights to it. Mm-hmm. And they haven't been able to do it because they've been trying to do it since, like, the late 90s, I think. Yeah. And, you know, because at one point, I think um, there were rumors Keanu Reeves was involved and there were rumors Leonardo DiCaprio was involved. Oh, it's a straight-up whitewashed Akira. Well, well yeah, I think... Uh, I think you'd have to not fully whitewash it, but it seems like the main character would, would end up being, or they probably wouldn't call them like yeah, Neo Tokyo. Yeah. It probably wouldn't be Neo Tokyo. It might be like Neo New York. Who knows which way they'd go with it, but they've never <laughs> been able to crack it. So. But apparently they're, they're getting closer. So, hmm. well, uh, we've heard that song and dance before, so you never know. Yeah. And, and when you say like, it's something that they've been kind of thinking of from the late nineties, like, I think that's when I would have been more receptive to that movie. Um, I don't know. It seems like the sort of thing that if they announced it and it came out next year, like, yeah, I'd get drunk and go with you to see it. <laughs> it's just, it's one of those things where it's not necessary. It's like when, when they rebooted RoboCop mm-hmm. and it was, and it's like, yeah, RoboCop came out in the eighties and looks, some of it looks really terrible, mm-hmm. but that was people, a perfect people movie. People still love it. <laughs> it's a perfect movie. It's a movie we got right the first time, and I don't understand this impetus to remake it. Yeah. What if we did it right again? (laughs) I guess. I just, I don't understand the point of remaking movies that we got right the first time. Let's try it. Like, if you're going to remake a movie, remake a movie that we effed up and has potential, right? And try to get it right the second time. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's crazy. Um, So live action Akira, I'm kind of, feels like a thumbs down from you. Um, well, I mean, I'm only going to say thumbs down. It's the sort of thing that I could have a lot, I, like, I don't need it. And if they say, hey, we're not actually doing that, I'll be like, okay, fine. Like, I'm not going to get super psyched for it, but, like, it's the sort of thing I could see watching the same way I watched the first Akira, which is with you and Dave and several drinks. <laughs> yeah, it's a great movie. Like, visually stunning, like that movie. Oh, sure, and, and I, I could see having a lot of fun watching it if they did a live action remake, but you know, I don't expect it to be, you know, cracking my top 10 movie list, you know, I would say 
I, I mean, you can't get them now because they've clearly lost lost what they had. But if you had the Wachowskis in the late nineties, um, early two thousands, like if you like if, in their heyday, yeah, yeah, when like, they had it, when they had, they don't have their fastball. I'm sorry, I, like the Wachowskis do not have their fastball anymore. They had it. They're like, they're like, um, oh, what's a really good pitcher that uh, the, 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 I, I can't think of a, a guy off the top of my head, um, but. The Wachowskis are basically like a pitcher that showed up and was just throwing fireballs, mm-hmm. like like throw throwing throwing ninety ninety nine miles an hour, a hundred miles an hour, mm-hmm. and no one could get them. No one could get the guy out, or, or or no one could hit this guy. They were too good, and then they blew out their arm. Dontrell Willis, they're Dontrell Willis. That's who it is. I was trying to remember. <laughs> Dontrell Willis used to—he was like that for the Marlins in the early 2000s. He came in, he was throwing fireballs, and then he blew out his elbow, and he was never heard from again. The Wachowskis are like that, but directors. And that's me using the crossover podcast <laughs> to explain things. But that's exactly completely alienate me. <laughs> yeah, if you had them in the Wachowskis in 1999, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, or yeah, like in, in a perfect 2001. world. Yeah, in a perfect world. In 2001, if you heard the Wachowskis were going to say, no, we're not going to make Matrix 2 and 3. We're going to do a live action Akira instead. <laughs> like, yep. that's that's the world I would rather live in <laughs> than the world where we had two crappy Matrix. Oh, well, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I was writing the... I don't know. I don't want to say this because it's... How do I put this? It's the same way a lot of people felt about Star Wars prequels before they came out. They wanted them so bad. Oh, absolutely. Well, we didn't and, know that and, George. We didn't know that George was going to do what he did. Which well, is, sure, but I mean, we didn't know that for Matrix no sequels that. either. And yeah. I love the made the first Matrix so much at that age that I was desperate for those sequels. And if they said, "Hey, we're not doing that. We're going to do this anime that Kevin hasn't heard of yet." I'd be like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, see, I disagree because I remember when they announced Matrix Two and Three. I uh, my response was, but why? Because it was like that first one is a movie that does not require a sequel. It, oh, I just I just wanted more. I just thought it was so cool. I was so hype. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was really cool too. It was like that was our shit. Like in grade 10, 11, when that came out, that was the shit, and it was great. But sure, I just wanted more. Like I mean, like we we it was a lot of build up. The the one thing about that movie, and I think it like they had the sequels in mind when they did the first was basically they were way off topic. <laughs> but, no, I don't uh, care. Go for it. But uh, they they shot it all. It was all build up to you know, is Neo the one? Is he not the one? How do we know he's the one? And then there's like, I don't know, maybe 15 seconds of him doing really cool shit when he is the one, and then it's over. And exactly. I just, and then I just, we never would have had to see him fly, which was fucking stupid. Well, sure. I mean, <laughs> so but dumb. What a terrible at the, time, idea, like, at the time, even like I'll say it, I straight up loved those sequels the first time I saw them because it was Dragon Ball Z, and I was into Dragon Ball Z at the time. <laughs> like, yeah, I look back at it now, and I'm like, of course that's awful. But when I was in that theater, I'm like, that was fucking awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I admit it. <laughs> That's true. I mean, I don't know. And this is this is just. I, I don't think they were good movies, but they were right up. They hit me at the right time, and I'll still occasionally watch them. Like I'll get this Matrix itch to watch the first one. And be like that was awesome, and then I'll watch the other two again and go, man, what a kid I was. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so um, Godzilla versus King Kong. How does that grab you? 
I don't care. That's never really been my thing, honestly. Well, here's the thing. As as a Godzilla fan, because I loves me some Godzilla. Mm. I've never fully, I've never fully gotten into Godzilla. I should throw on next time you come up. I should throw on some of the old ones for you when he's actually fighting other guys, and it's about Godzilla, which is my main problem with. <laughs> oh, I see. The American versions of Godzilla, they forget that Godzilla's got to be the main character. Like, did you watch the new one with Brian Cranston? No, I didn't. Well, basically, the new one, there's not enough Godzilla in it. And we're watching Brian Cranston and uh, Elizabeth Olsen and the guy who plays Kick-Ass, whose name I can't remember. And the guy who plays Kick-Ass and Elizabeth Olsen have like a love interest. They, they have like a love story in this. And I'm watching this and I'm going, who cares? Let's watch Godzilla destroy a fucking building, right? Like, and they don't get that. And it was the same problem in the in the 90s Roland Emmerich one in the 1996 Roland Emmerich. I think it was 96. Roland uh, 98, I want to say. 98? Yeah, I think you're right. In 90s, anyway. The 90s Roland Emmerich one. Mm-hmm. With Matthew Broderick. Yeah, where A, he changed the look of Godzilla. Uh-huh. you would never do because like do you look at the mona lisa and go you know what 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 i would do like who does that right like um that's a false equivalence God no it is not good sir like the very first godzilla the the designs on the original nine or like japanese godzilla is a masterpiece it is a masterpiece of of movie monster is the most iconic movie monster and would you turn that into a box-headed chicken leg piece of crap like roland emmerich did no you would not miller you know you would not have given the opportunity. And I'm just saying that don't the, the American ones, for some reason, they think we care about the humans that are getting crushed. We don't. We just want to watch Godzilla fight something. And if you give me Godzilla versus King Kong and it's a 90-minute movie that's actually about Godzilla fighting King Kong, fine. That's why Pacific Rim was a lot of fun because Pacific Rim was just – spectacle yeah it was such a spectacle it's like hey we've got giant robots punching monsters what else do you need and we were gonna have one cool guy give you know like uh you know the, the we are canceling the apocalypse speech and then it's like woo! <laughs> not that just give me robots punching things in the face and that's what you want out of a godzilla king kong movie mm. um no opinion <laughs> no opinion all right if I, maybe i can I'll, I'll see if i can get you into some godzilla maybe we'll do a commentary track all you. right you're swimming uphill but no, i'll give it a shot <laughs> hey I'll, I'll get i'll get you there i'll tell you god the original godzilla is just so much fun it's just a it's monsters fighting monsters what else do you need um here's something i didn't know i needed mm. but i'm kind of glad i'm getting <laughs> question mark and my fiance soon to be wife my wife. Are, are my wife are the two biggest Disney fans I know. Mm. And we're getting a live-action Jungle Book and a live-action Beauty and the Beast. The live-action Jungle Book trailer came out last week. Have you seen oh, it? Oh, yeah. I did. What, yeah, yeah. saw it right away. And what do you think? I'm, I, yes. <laughs> I didn't know I was down. Yes. I just, I, I, mean, I, will, I will see that movie and it will be lovely. The voice cast in this is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, well, star-studded. Oh, yeah. Like the thing of like, because they really let Scarlett Johansson kind of own the uh, the trailer for it, which is be, a bold choice and it works choice. very well. Yeah, I, I thought it was fantastic, but um, isn't I want to be like you, um, mildly racist in its intricacies? Uh, I, and I don't want to say mildly because I'm not a. 
you know, I'm not a person of color, so I don't want to make light of anything. Like, do you expect to see that song in the movie sang by monkeys? I don't expect to see any songs in the movie, honestly. There, there's there's, so, there's going to be songs in this movie, apparently. Apparently they're doing the whole catalog. Really? Yeah, that's from what I've been reading. There is... We're going to have Bill Murray singing uh, Bare Necessities. Bare Necessities. <laughs> wow. Huh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, like, do they gloss over that one? <laughs> it's my only, because, I mean, it's not nearly as uh, bad as the uh, the one song from Peter Pan that I'm not going to mention, but <laughs> yes. which is, quite frankly, <laughs> wow. one of the worst things in the history of Western civilization, but uh uh, I just this is the line they're tiptoeing. That's all I'm saying. I was, I was about to quote Pocahontas. Yeah, <laughs> because uh, there's a great line that people quote on, like just do a screen cap of on Tumblr all the time when uh, Pocahontas' chief, uh, her father, like comes out of the tent and he just like announces to the village as a whole, "These white men are dangerous," yeah. <laughs> which is like you know, yep, a summary <laughs> of everything. <laughs> oh boy. But uh, I don't know. I, 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 I hmm. Well, the vibe that I got from the trailer doesn't speak to there actually being music in this, or not like songs. Well, the end, uh, yeah, it shows Blue kind of, and it shows like Blue, you know, doing the backstroke and Mobley sitting on him, and we have uh, whistling a couple of bars of Bare Necessities. Sure, yeah. Which is, I mean, to me, I, I, was, I thought I that they would like, maybe do that and have it just be like a, you know, did you know this is an Easter egg? It refers to the little jungle book that came out, you know, 30 years ago or whenever that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I, thought, I thought there'd be more of like an Easter egg than, was, you know, did the jungle come out in like the 40s? I don't know. I don't book. I'm going to look it up right now. You, you go <laughs> ahead. The 40s. You go ahead. Um, I don't know when that came out. I certainly haven't seen it in about 20 years. So 1967. Wow. So okay. nearly 50 that, years. Yeah, so that would have been around the same uh, time as maybe a few years after uh, 101 Dalmatians then. So, yeah, I I don't know. I, I'm excited to see it. I don't know how racist it might be, but I'm hoping, obviously, that it isn't. I'm just curious as, as to whether or not they leave that, that song in there or if they just try to... I say, think I listen, they, that song was what it was in the 60s, and in this, we, we don't mean it like that. This is just a song about. I don't know. In my opinion, and again, I'm saying this as a white man who fully recognizes his privilege, uh, they either cut it completely, um, and possibly with cutting other songs as well, just so that it's not as glaring an omission, um, or they uh, just do it. <laughs> with no changes just go for it and there's really no way to go halfway on this yeah i mean i think that song is i think i think you can fudge it enough that you can be like come on now let's let's not i'd have to go back and listen again because i well i mean i, I last watched it as a well it basically the heart of it is it's a bunch of monkeys dancing around saying i want to be like you to a human being mm -hmm. which is where the racial the uncomfortable racial undertones of the 1960s and the time before that. Yeah, but I never took that even as a kid. As yeah, a, as a kid, no, because you're you're an innocent dude who doesn't see, you know, what it was initially meant to be. Because I, again, I didn't get that. Like as a kid, I fully admit to singing the Peter Pan song, the the, the 
previously unmentioned Peter Pan song that is one of the worst things ever created. But at the time, I didn't know what it was. Now I know what it is. And I, when I have children, that one will be banned from, from the Disney collection. I'm just but saying. The, the context of the movie is that Mowgli is a human living among animals where there are no humans and how That's that true. makes him different. Like, Which the, is why you can kind of... The, the point of that song it. isn't that he's, you know, that it's this sort of racial stereotyping it's that they kidnap him because they want to become more like him it's just another viewpoint on the same thing that everyone else has noticed yes yeah. so oh, I'm, I'm just I, I i don't give it too much weight in that i'm sure that other people will and yeah. so they might be sensitive about it at disney these days yeah that's uh, that's just what i'm curious about is to whether or not they they go with that particular team. i think the best thing they could do is just do it if they're if they're yeah. planning on doing songs and the thing just go for it yeah, I just I, I'm gonna go see this, like, because I know Carly's gonna want to go see this. So I'm... yeah, and I mean, I've I've had this conversation before where I I really wanted to see the the Cinderella that came out earlier this year. Yeah, uh, I never got the opportunity. This one looks better. And, yeah, and, and it's just... in, until I think 2017, we're getting uh, the Beauty and the Beast. I think so, yeah. And I love the fact that Favreau directed this, and the first thing they put up was from the director of Iron Man. Iron Man. And I love the fact that you can put something like that up now on a uh, on a movie trailer where you can say, "Hey, remember that really awesome comic book movie you loved? Well, you know, we're going to reference that as a, as a means of getting you interested in other." Yeah. Comic well, I had no idea. Like, I actually had to pause that. But I'm like, "Fucking Favreau directed Jungle Book." Yeah, John Favreau. <laughs> wow. Go for it. From but uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm like you said, you didn't know you needed it. <laughs> yeah, but I'm down. And uh, and just to kind of throw away to it as well, um, the casting and everything I'm hearing about the production of the Beauty and the Beast live action, yes, <laughs> also down for that. Yeah. Um. One last thing, and then uh, I'll you and I are going to get to a couple of shoutouts. Mm-hmm. Um. Kit Harrington. Our boy has been seen apparently on the set. Or in and around the set of some of the Game of Thrones. Yep. <sighs> uh, I love the fact that the book readers have completely lost their superpowers <laughs> in the Game of Thrones TV show. I like. I'm really excited for us to do Game of Thrones pods when when that comes back because we'll be on equal footing for the most part. Yeah, and actually, that's the thing that I'm excited for, too, and that might be the only reason I continue to watch this show. <laughs> yeah, but... Um, I burned the hell out on Game of Thrones. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you got plenty of time to recover before it. I, I do, and, I mean, it's been six months, basically, since it ended. Yeah. Um, I just really didn't like that last season, and it just keeps... No, like, it wasn't the, a good season, but... I don't know. Well, the bar is so high for that show. It's, it's I, I'm, I, Don't get me wrong. I'm sure I'll watch it. I'm sure I'll find things that I like, but... I don't know. It's but, it was funny though, because I'm one of the guys who, I mean, everybody never read a word. <laughs> no, no, no. Every no, I never read a word. But I mean, I'm just in terms of the show. I'm just saying everybody seems to think. And by the way, kudos to the to the Game of Thrones readers, such as yourself, mm-hmm. who never spoiled that John Harrington gets viciously stabbed. Kit Harrington. Yeah, or no, like the character John Snow gets stabbed. Yeah, you said happen- John Harrington. <laughs> did I say John Harrington? You did. My bad, John Snow. <laughs> God, I'm terrible with names. John Snow gets viciously stabbed at the end uh-huh. of the episode. Yep. Well, and, yeah, I mean that was like the when last... did that book come out? 
that that book is actually fairly recent. That one only came out in 2012, I think. Still though, that's three years of a major spoiler that the book readers, I because I, I never read anything close to a sniff of that mm-hmm. on the internet, except I'm guessing in the deep, deep like book reader forums and stuff like that, where everybody you know already knew. So kudos to that in, was... in a world where where everybody likes to. Be like, look how smart I am because I read the books. Well, actually, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and do the um actually uh, stuff, right? And I was never that. The thing that I liked the no, you were never that guy. I'm just saying, people on the internet love being that guy. And no, I was, I was the, I was the like smarmy know-it-all guy. Where like when we were still in season one, like, season two, I should say, when we were in season two, and people were like, oh, you know, here's my theory of what's gonna happen. I'd be like, oh, is it? Is that oh, your really? theory? <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting. <laughs> indeed and then the guy would get killed in the next episode <laughs> that was the best conversation i ever had that was our friend phil who we went out for dinner once and he's like yeah i think rob's gonna team up with renly and they're gonna take the throne and i'm like <laughs> <laughs> and just oh. like when the episode ended like the previous day with melisandre giving birth to shadow baby <laughs> oh my god and then like the first 30 seconds of the next episode is Renly just getting disemboweled <laughs> oh that's hilarious and i'm like well <laughs> That's... I literally texted him, like, I wasn't even watching the episode, but I knew when it was on, yeah. <laughs> and I know that he watches live, so I just texted him, like, like half an hour into the first, into that episode, and was like, well, <laughs> I just, I thought it was funny, I had a good moment on, on uh, Twitter, where some people were like, see, he's on the set, look, you know, and they're tweeting photos, he's on the set, that means he's still alive, see, you know, irrefutable proof. That Kit <laughs> Harrington is going to still be alive and Jon Snow will be back in season six. Mm-hmm. And then my response was, well, what if he's just there to shoot a couple of flashback scenes? <laughs> and then that was it. Just dead silence. Nobody had a comeback. Nobody had a comeback for that. They were just like, uh, but <laughs> <laughs> like I could feel the internet like, Oh, sure. Go panicking. And I'm just like, for the record, he's probably still alive, but I just <laughs> don't look at someone being yeah. upset as irrefutable proof of it. Exactly. Like don't 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 do that. Alright, so I think that puts a capper on what we were gonna do for talking news and getting caught. So we're I think we're all caught up, so we're probably gonna go away for a little bit, let some uh some new stories develop. Are you gonna watch Gotham? No. <laughs> Not unless, if things get seriously interesting in season two, and you'll be the one to let me know this, uh, then let me know, and I will ca- I will force myself to catch up to it. What about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.? Did you ever finish season two? I didn't, no. Are you going to jump out? I recommend it, because I want you to at least see season two. It wasn't great, but I want you to watch it. A, because uh, Kyle MacLachlan's in it, and he's always been a charisma Yes, Yeah, true, true. But... You've got to see the person that they chose to be the, the the villain and how bad an actor this person is. Oh yeah. And then they put this person in scenes with Kyle MacLachlan and Edward James Olmos. Yeah, yeah. Who are both charisma monsters and mm-hmm. are you know fantastic and will chew the scenery if you know if it is called for. And then I don't know. This person had to be sleeping with somebody because they were terrible. Like one of the worst actors I've ever seen in my life. And they made them the main villain of season two. Ridiculous. James almost. I've actually just started watching uh, Battlestar Galactica. I've had it recommended to me for years. Oh yeah. It's it's... so far. I've only seen like the, the intro mini series and yeah, I'm on board. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, and I also finally saw Mad Max. (laughs) 
You can't drop that on me an hour and 15 into a Boom! <laughs> Are you ins- How dare you, sir? Oh, my God. I'd kill you for that. That's ridiculous. Hour and 15, and we're about to do shout-outs. Hour and 15 into a pod. Whoops. <laughs> you drop a bomb. I'm going to... Oh, you're going to get such a beating. When I... Oh, yeah. Oh, Witness me. God damn you. I'm going to buy some silver spray paint for the... Or some silver food coloring paint for the uh, bachelor party. I Good. assume it will be necessary at some point. Like, maybe, oh, I, have to, maybe I have to double down... Because the biggest bet I've ever made in my well, biggest single bet I've ever made in my life, Bill Needles watched me. Uh, I had to, one of those hands where I had a lot of money on the table, and then I had to double down. I had to split and then double down and then split again and then double down two more times to the point where I had uh, close to three grand on the table. That would have been a good point for me to go. Witness me. To be a full-on war boy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I did end up winning that hand, which is good. Uh, how dare you, sir? Oh man, now my mind. I don't even know what I'm gonna do for shout outs now. Uh, what I was gonna say, uh, we want to give a shout out to uh, your friend Adam Bolesky at the HI 101 pod, who is currently working very hard at trying to get us a theme music since we don't have the capabilities. So. That's right, yeah, definite friend of the show. Yeah, um, he's helping us. Um, he's uh, him and his brother are helping us write a th- uh, theme song. Um, so we should have something that kind of works for both the comics and sports side, uh, generally feeling very triumphant. So I've heard some clips of that. It's coming along real nice. Um, and, uh, he's also helping me build the website, which we should have up by, I would say probably mid November with all of our episodes on there. So, uh, if you want to subscribe on iTunes, we should have something available to you, uh, by then. Yeah, and you were just on his pod uh, recently, weren't you? That's right, yeah. I recorded the September episodes with him. I I mentioned this during our last podcast. It was the Atten Heresies. So um, uh, the pharaoh who, uh, Akhenaten is his name, he was the father of King Tut, uh, basically decided, you know what, Uh, for one reason or another, I'm just going to convert all of Egypt to monotheism. Uh, All worship must go through me. Uh, and, uh, you know, generally people weren't terribly happy with that when you tell them that their gods don't exist. Absolutely <laughs> And not. just make it the law of the land. I, like, I really enjoyed the first, I haven't got to the second part of that, but I really enjoyed the first one. I think the biggest plug I can give to the HI 101 is, not only is it genius, but... It makes learning fun. It makes learning fun. That's a good one. <laughs> but here's the thing. Let's say... You're in high school, mm-hmm. and you have to do a project on something. Yep. And Here's a good H- place to get started. The HI 101 podcast, if they've done any of the things that you might have to do a project on, you could probably just take it and rip it off, can't you? Well, <laughs> we can certainly make it interesting. And he, yeah. he has a big disclaimer at the beginning of his show. You know, he's not a lecturer. He's not a professor. Like, you know, he's not going to get every single thing that he says right. Yeah. But it's a conversation. So he takes a topic of history. He turns it into a, a conversation and makes it into a story. So if you're interested in something that um, is a topic that you would want to research anyway, we can at least make it seem you know, fun or interesting or kind of laugh at, you know, all those crazy people back in the ancient times. <laughs> yeah, that's really good. I mean, I want to get on his pod too. Cause like, I just, I got to think of a topic cause I'm not a smart man. 
but I gotta I should just go through the old epic rap battles and just be like, hey, that that guy, that guy I want to learn more about. Well, and that that's more or less what I did. The first episode I did was uh the uh the truth behind the Nikola Tesla debate. Yeah. And I told him like the 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 Nikola Tesla and Thomas Edison rivalry. And I told him like straight up during the first like five minutes of that recording that the only thing I knew about it was either from the Chris Nolan movie The Prestige or from an epic rap battle. Yeah. So I needed some blanks filled in, clearly. Yeah, it's basically. I just remember yeah, having... That was an interesting one. That was a conversation I had with my, uh, my friend, uh, the old Tesla-Edison rivalry. I remember having a conversation about that with my buddy Richard, who's going to get on this podcast. He's a huge Star Wars uh, dude, so... Oh, yeah. In the months coming up to Star Wars, he's probably going to be making some appearances on this pod. I just remember having a conversation in like a bar or something about because it, it was typical of us where we'd be in a bar somewhere with ladies <laughs> just, dancing around. And, discussing Victorian history. Yeah, we'd be discussing, yeah, Victorian history with <laughs> and discussing the, te- the Tesla Edison rivalry and stuff. And I just remember reading about how just Edison was just a miserable bastard. <laughs> just. Uh, and then reading, because uh, I, I did listen to that pod, now it's fantastic. Yeah, well, that one's fun because we, we did it uh, kind of point-counterpoint, so we went through all of, like, Edison's life and then all of Tesla's life rather than doing, like, kind of a back-and-forth. And it really made it seem like, you know, if there was a rivalry there, it might have been mostly in Edison's mind. <laughs> yeah. So, the HI-101 pod, is he on SoundCloud or is he just on iTunes? He's on iTunes, He's on so iTunes. you can see his uh, site and his um, show notes and everything like that because he'll often, you know, flub something during the recording or want to expand on it more and has show notes on hi101.ca, uh, and you can look up hi101 on iTunes. And uh, it's blowing up, like he's getting a lot of good response on that, and uh, I'm sure you would like listening to it too. <laughs> really good. Um, another pod I want to give a shout out to, and these are guys that I have sort of, I don't want to say met, but we've been trading Twitter conversations and stuff back and forth. They started following me on SoundCloud mm. and I followed them back and started listening to them. The podcast is called Q Plot Device, which is a title of a pod that I am incredibly jealous of. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> it's a great one. I wish we had it, quite frankly, although it wouldn't really work for what we're trying to do here crossing over sports and nerd stuff, but great title. I've occasionally used the phrase Q werewolf transformation. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty <true. laughs> Just to describe when I get very angry, yeah. but... <laughs> but uh, Q plot device, very similar to us. It's four uh, friends. Uh, their names, uh, Dr. G, Yosh, uh, Captain and Chief. And they do stuff similar to this. So for the people at the beginning of the show who he mentioned who were complaining that I'm not doing enough nerd stuff since the, you know since the world series and NFL and NHL and everything are starting up. <laughs> like, you're not talking enough about Batman. I'm like, I'm sorry. The world series is about to start. What do you want from me? Um, these guys do, they got you covered. They do all sorts of nerdy geeky stuff. Uh, talking about cartoons, comics, video games. Last week, they, they, they do this weekly segment where they find a piece of technology and then decide whether or not this should be useful in society. In the last pot, in the last one they did, oh, I was yeah. listening to them and they were talking about this thing called the, uh, I see pooch or something like that. And it was this interesting, it was this thing that somebody had invented Miller where basically it's a computerized way to give it's a computerized robot thing that lives at home. And there's mm-hmm. an app that basically you hit it and this thing will spit out a dog treat for your pet. That's at home. 
Oh, I see. Which you can remotely, robotically feed your pets. Feed your pets, which mm-hmm. is, you know, once again leading to the to the downgrade of society. It's the type of thing that's completely unnecessary and <laughs> just. Well, I will say this: if you want your invention to make money, yeah. uh, have it be themed either to sex or to pets. Yeah. Well, <laughs> people spend yeah. infinite amounts of money on those things. Yes. People are incredibly. It, it is a way. It, if you can capitalize off the laziness of society, which we never both. <laughs> yeah, we've we've for we've we've foregone you know stuff like space exploration and dreaming in uh, terms of modern conveyance. Like we're we're all about making things convenient and. Don't get me wrong. I love my modern conveniences, but. Oh yeah, like I'm. Oh, I I love it, but. I don't need a device that allows me to feed my pets. I should be able to do that myself. You know, like it's, yeah, I can see who it's an audience for. I mean, if you went away on vacation, whatnot. Listen, this is not our discussion. Yeah, other better people have been about this. Absolutely, and yeah, these guys—they do. I really like their pod. Like, I really want to message, uh, and uh, they're very polite. And we've been talking back and forth on Twitter, and we—I agreed to give them a shout out on the pod this week because, mm-hmm. you know, they—they've been retweeting me and, and whatnot on Twitter and I like to pay people back and, and other people will find that if you help me out in that way, I will do the same. Cause I'm, we're, we're Canadian up here. We're very polite. We like to be polite and we like to help other people out. If you help us back, it's just good old Canadian boys. And, yeah. And yeah, just, yeah, it's good Ontario boys up here. You know, that's a <laughs> reference that only Canadians will get, but what are you going to do? Oh boy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Shit, yeah, I it's really good. It's like I they had one conversation one time. I'm gonna recommend uh one of their pods to you. Episode 18, it's titled uh or sorry, sir, episode 17, it's called Tunes of Cartoons by Q Plot Device, where they have a conversation about the the the, the four guys on the pod just discuss their favorite cartoon theme songs from the nineties. Theme songs, okay. Yeah, so and that's right up your alley. I'm gonna hmm. so I'm gonna if if you're interested in that sort of thing, they talk about tons of stuff. They do Ant Man. They did Ant Man review, much like we did. God, see the thing is that that, that could suck me in so good too. Jesus, I know. Yeah, I'm gonna check out this podcast. But as soon as you're like, oh, they're talking about their favorite cartoon. As soon as you give me something specific like that, I'm yeah. like, if they don't fucking have this, I'm gonna leave the anchors. <laughs> <laughs> so you can message them and be like, be like, what, what did you? Uh... It's like you guys forgot this one, but you know, do it in a polite manner. Don't be like, <laughs> don't be an internet troll. But anyway, recommending Q Plot Device. They're on iTunes, and I know they're on SoundCloud because they followed me, and I followed them back. They're on Twitter. Uh, they're very polite, very nice to me. Uh, help them out, and uh, I think that's it for this week. Uh, we get caught up on the. Uh... Oh God, sorry. We just sorry. I just dozed off there for a second. <laughs> Uh, we get caught up on the nerd and stuff and uh, we'll get you back soon Miller um, I mean we'll be back later on this week with more football stuff because football is going on right now and we're uh, we're missing it but no we, we, had to this. we had to get caught up on the comic stuff but we'll do our best we're going once twice a week now um, it's going to be tough because I got my wedding coming up and there will be some episodes missed because I'm going to be in I was going to say yeah probably by the next time we have a comics episode you're going to be an uh, honest man that's true I'll be uh... yeah it might be a while but uh, you know we got all the shows coming up Star Wars is coming up all the man it's a lot of stuff to get to it's, it's, it's a heavy time heavy time for the crossover podcast everything's <laughs> coming everything's happening in sports and everything is happening in comics soon so 
we're going to try to get to at least once confluence with everything happening in real life too. at at least once a week to twice a week um (laughs) fortunately your wife shares one of these hobbies with you at least and she's a very patient understanding woman (laughs) that's true yeah she like what would i do without her it's fantastic uh kevin miller once again thanks for doing this man yeah man always a pleasure bye